This is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for the Steak for Breakfast podcast. It's Tuesday, October 19th, 2021, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam, this is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior! America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by! This episode of the podcast is brought to you, as always, by Man Rubs. Mm. You can find them at manrubs.com. Got rubs, barbecue tools, blowtorches, t-shirts, coffee cups, anything you need to make barbecue great again. Use the code STEAK15 for 15% off your order. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear. They're at stayreadygear.com and on Instagram, stayreadygearusa. Custom Kydex, holsters, tourniquet carriers, anything you need made out of that hot melted plastic. Stay Ready Gear can make it, find it, or give you some stuff to make your own. There Use the code STEAK for 5% off. The world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording gear can be found at odyssey.com. They've got a large selection of uh, all the headphones and such to get you podcasting, gaming, recording tunes. They're on Instagram, they're on Facebook. Firearms. Becoming a uh, hot commodity. Oh, yeah. Now you need a uh, boating license in yes. addition to having your concealed carry permit. Or a shovel. <laughs> Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms, who's been servicing Southern California for over a decade. He has a five-star rating. He's a licensed FFL. R- newly redesigned website, westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's on Facebook Messenger and via the telephone, 619-870-6992. Tactical gear done right. All our first responders out there. MediocreMedic.com. Whether you're uh, servicing a call and have a patch on your emergency bag or lounging around in some flip-flops, sweatshirts, and fanny packs. I still got to get my fanny pack. Yeah, there you go. Mediocre Medic's got everything you need to make sure you're uh, mediocre at medicking. And they're at MediocreMedic.com. Instagram as well. Last but not least, the patch father, Mark Joe Friday. Dumpbox.us. Home of the zero fucks duck. Active duty and uh, retired military. Hit the DMs for a promo code, 15% off. They're on Facebook and they're on Instagram as well. Friends, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Steak for Podcast Breakfast. Even though we are throttled in the midst of a shadow ban. So throttled. You'll find a link tree there that could take you to everything Steaks. Whether it be our website, how to stream, how to download, Antoinette's accounts. Hit it up, hit the bell, break the ban. And on that note, welcome. Tuesday edition, episode 74, Steak for Breakfast podcast. I'm Roan. Joined today by Noah. Yo. Antoinette's here. Hello. We've got Mr. Alex Shepard coming up. Welcome. Alex, welcome to Steak for Breakfast. Hey, thank you guys again for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure to have you today. Um, you seem to be a uh, 
pretty big influencer on Twitter out there. Uh, we, we appreciate a lot of the commentary you give on some of the hot political topics going on. Um, how are you doing in your end of the woods? I'm doing great out here in Ohio, the great 17th state of our great union. Uh, and yeah, I also am on Telegram. I just started a Rumble channel as well, uh, where I interviewed an auditor uh, from the Maricopa County audit. So that's going well. Nice. And yeah, just trying to spread the truth about what's going on in our country. And there's a lot of truth to spread. We appreciate your commentary as well. And so as the auditor I- said everything was fine, right? <laughs> the uh, the auditor said there was rampant fraud in the election. Oh, right. And that Arizona Oof. needs there's to be decertified. And near the end of the interview, she said that the entire election uh, should be decertified. Sounds and about right. That's that's based on the thousands of ballots that she uh, personally examined. Oh wow! So not fine. <laughs> not fine at all. Totally <laughs> rigged. That would be the opposite of fine. Uh. And we will be de- directing all of our traffic to your social media's live linked in our show descriptions on iTunes and Spotify as well. So don't worry about that. We'll get that Telegram and that Rumble channel in there in addition to your Twitter. Cool. Yeah, so let's jump right into the news. Kind of busy cycle going on right now. There's breaking news that we're going to cover over the course of this show. I think one of the biggest things affecting the nation right now is uh, the current issues we're having with supply and demand. We've got manufactured issues. Millions and millions of cargo containers. Billions and billions. Off the shore of uh, both the Atlantic and the Pacific right now. And uh, this has really affected the... um, consumer the american taxpayer in a large way i have some numbers um an average over the course of the trump presidency how the economy the taxes and everything affected your paycheck on average about 37 percent not terrible we did take home more money during the trump presidency right and uh prices were low which included clean energy gas things of that nature and then you know stuff across the uh and throughout the grocery aisles, which are bare now. But the mean tweets. At least we don't have those. Yes. Since January 2021, that same consumer now is being affected overall, whether it be via higher taxes or prices at the pump, oh. prices at the grocery store, oh. et cetera. <laughs> Got one more? No. Okay. 58%. Ugh. Yeah. So just imagine, you know, let's just... Look at it on, on as easy to break it down as possible. You make $100,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump was the president. 37% of that was going to either taxes or the cost of living. Now, same person. Yep. Still making $100,000 a year. Mm-hmm. 58% of your paycheck is now going to the same exact things you were paying last year. Ugh. But more. <laughs> but no mean tweets. Now more expensive. Alex, Ohio is a pretty blue-collar state. Um... Definitely went bigly for Trump in 2020. Uh, what do you think when you hear these numbers and you see how it affects the people who live in the community where you're at over in Ohio? Well, this is exactly what they had planned uh, before they stole the election was they wanted to take over America and they wanted to drive our economy in the dumps because they want China to be the world's leading economy because they're the people who pay Joe Biden, even though we pay him a lot, they pay him even more. Oh yeah. And you're right. The price of everything is going through the roof. 
You go to the grocery store, there's empty shelves. Uh, you guys probably even saw that picture of they're now putting photos of items on the shelves because yeah. they don't have real items to put there. Um, so everything's going through the roof. Any business you go to, at least in Ohio and the other places I've been recently, nobody can find workers. There's a huge shortage of workers. Um, and Pete Buttigieg, through all this, he's been on paternity leave uh, because because he adopted a kid, I guess, and they didn't even replace him with anybody. So we're just supposed to sit here uh, and accept our country going to hell. Yeah. While he while he breastfeeds. Mm. And chest feeds. Ugh. Don't you make fun of our birthing people. Oof. No, we're we're gonna we're gonna get into uh <clears throat> Pete in a little bit. But before we do, I saw Peter Navarro jumped on with uh Newsmax yesterday to talk about inflation and stagflation, which is a term that was more commonly used and thrown about during the uh during the Jimmy Carter administration when the economy was really bad and, and is definitely where we're heading now. Um, Peter Navarro was one of Donald Trump's top strategists. He was right on several things, not only the economy, but the crisis at the border and, uh, probably everything to do with COVID. He's known as the one insider within the administration who, besides Donald Trump, stood up to Anthony Fauci every time behind closed doors. And he doesn't really complain about, uh, you know, or, or push back on the narrative that he was the only one that did that. So let's hear what he said yesterday when he uh, jumped on Newsmax to talk about the current state of the economy. Uh, so what we're looking at, actually, to really summarize what you're saying, is that there's a supply issue when it comes to supply and demand, but there's also a dilution of the United States dollar, correct? So would any spending yeah, on the infrastructure package, whether it's $3.5 trillion, whether it's $1.5, no matter where they stand or settle on that, is that going to exacerbate this problem? Yeah, the dollar is the world's reserve currency. In the 1970s, because of the profligate fiscal and monetary policies, Nixon was forced to abandon the gold standard for the dollar. The dollar went down 30%. What does that do? It, it makes imports much more expensive, drives the inflation rate up. We've got the same problem going on now, Alex, with Jerome Powell at the Fed printing money to accommodate the overspending of the Congress. In terms of action, 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 there's a couple of things we need to do. We must say absolutely no, no more spending on Capitol Hill. They want to do the 3.5 trillion red ink deal. No, not a dime for that. No compromise on that. No, no, no. Hmm. That fake infrastructure deal, another trillion. We can't afford it. That'll flow very expensive gasoline on inflationary fire. Yep. What we got to do is also go back to the the Trump ethic of buy American, hire American. Think about how to get our supply chains on shore. And by the way, it would be nice if our the Secretary of Transportation came back from his, his uh, paternity leave and went to work solving critical problems. When I was at the White House, Alex, it was a 24-7, seven-day-a-week mission. And it, we're in the middle of a pandemic and the worst economic crisis we've had since the 1970s and we got some guy sitting at home taking family pictures and putting them on facebook this is the biden regime they have no clue how to how to tackle any kind of crisis and so uh, well what do you think i mean he's not wrong yeah it's a waste of time and he did reference those numbers which i had been researching over about the last week he said about 30 percent and if you look in, in comparison 37 percent during the trump era of 
nearly 60% now. That's about 30%. So, you know, against the dollar and against the American American taxpayer. So definitely uh, not a very good forecast from one of the hardest workers inside the Trump campaign. Um, and, and he's been pretty spot on with everything. So, Alex, what do you think about, uh, you know, when you, when you hear about how weak the dollar is and how we can't get the uh, consumer goods off the containers and, uh, you know, this is just another manufactured crisis that the current administration has uh, unleashed on the American public. Yeah, and another thing that's different now compared to the Trump presidency is under President Trump, we were energy independent. Uh, And then we obviously had Joe Biden fire the Keystone Pipeline workers, uh, thousands of them, and then went ahead and approved Russia's pipeline. Um, So, yeah, our economy is awful. The other thing that's hurting our economy, which we're seeing really start to kick in in a lot of police departments, fire departments, and with nurses across the country, is these ridiculous mandates trying to force people to get the, you know, the vaccine. And, uh, yeah, our, a, a record number, I believe 4.4 million people uh, quit their jobs uh, last year, or excuse me, just last month. And that was caused by, again, the Biden administration or the Harris administration or the regime or whatever you want to call it, and their disastrous economic policies, which I think, you know, I, I'm pretty confident they're doing this intentionally to destroy our country. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where we're still trying to figure out who's running the White House and the executive branch. There are a lot of hands on it. You know, we've seen Hillary come back into play in the last month. Susan Rice comes and goes. John Kerry jet sets the world. And then you've got Brennan and Clapper out on cable news networks, respectively, or unrespectively, mm. giving their opinion and trying to sway the uh, public opinion for the last few people who actually tune into those networks and shows. So it's one of those things where uh, while we're trying to figure out who's running this operation right now in regards to the uh, domestic economic crisis, we uh, saw the deputy transportation secretary. And it's funny that Alex made the point tying it to COVID talked about that over the weekend because listen, if you don't get your vaccine, there's no way we can get the stuff off the containers. Make sense? Mm, I don't think so. Well, listen to the second highest guy at the Treasury Department try to rationalize it for you. Oh, he's high. Yeah. Economy that's in transition. And as part of that transition, we are seeing high prices for some of the things that people have to buy. That's exactly why the president was focused on the American Rescue Plan and ensuring that we got stimulus into the hands of the American people huh, so they'd be money. able to buy the products that they need. But the reality is that the only way we're going to get to a place where we work through this transition is if everyone in America and everyone around the world gets vaccinated. That's why the president continues to be focused on the idea that we get everyone who can vaccinated. That's why the president continues to be focused on America and everyone around the world gets vaccinated. That's why the president continues to be focused on the idea that we get everyone who can vaccinated in this country. And that while we're doing that, we continue to provide the kind of resources the American people need to make it to the other side. We're paying a great deal of attention to these issues and making sure that we're using every tool the federal government has to address the supply chain issues and to make sure that the American people have the resources they need to make it to the other side of the pandemic. So there you go. Someone who was obviously reading off of a cue card. Well, it looks like you read the same cue card twice. <laughs> we're 
How many times are we going to get to the other side of the pandemic? He stuttered. After we get vaccinated. Yeah. They like blackmailing everybody now. Right. What does that have to do with the supply chain? Everywhere is getting blackmailed. Military, federal government employees, everywhere. Private businesses. Private businesses especially, yeah. It's almost like they're desperate now because they're really being blatant about it. You know, it's like, okay, it's going to get worse. And if you want your your goods, you better get vaccinated. Um, Okay. Yeah. How about now? Yeah. And if these vaccines worked, you know, allegedly about 75% of the country now has gotten their first dose of the vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. COVID cases are up 200, 300% in some places. And it's not Florida where this is happening. This is happening where people are getting the vaccine. Colin Powell, they're saying he died of COVID, which he didn't. He either died from cancer or he died from the vaccine because he was fully vaccinated. Right. Yeah. I think he might have died because of the vaccine, you know, and having underlying health issues, definitely. Well, it depends how you died and what you died of depends on whose team you're on when it comes down to it. Like if you're, let's say Colin Powell, hypothetically speaking, was against the vaccine, then he would have just died of COVID. Right. 100%. But since he had the vaccine, he died because we're not vaccinated. Yeah. That's the only reason he died. Which is why they made it a point to say he was double vaccinated. Great. So now I'm a murderer. Congratulations. (laughs) Congratulations. <laughs> well, Mayor Pete, who, who has no experience in the transportation department, besides that from running South Bend for a term or two, mm. and, and took a cabinet position just as a big old virtue single, not the first gay cabinet member. Remember, we love Big Dick Rick Grinnell on this show. <laughs> Had to get on the news this weekend because it was bad. You had Ted Cruz reposting memes of him and his husband sitting on like a swing in a yard saying like, here's your current uh, supply and demand crisis manager. You had someone uh, Photoshop his head onto a man who was chest feeding with the, the harness from uh, meet the Fockers. So, so he had to get out there to try and save face. It wasn't, I saw that very, very quickly and I thought it was real and it seemed perfectly reasonable. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, it, I did too. I saw a few of them too. I was just like, looked, wait, they looked so real. Their yeah. Photoshopping skills are on point. I just have one question. Yeah. Can you milk a cat, Greg? <laughs> I have nipples, Greg. Can, Can you, you milk, milk me? me? Oh, perfect. <laughs> Let's hear him go on with uh, Jake Tapper and try to rationalize his him being the first person to ever be a cabinet member and take paternity leave. Mm-hmm. You know you love it. I feel like that's not the time for that right sure now. depends on it. This is the first time you've been on the show since you and your husband, Chaskin, welcomed twins, Penelope and Joseph, into your family. Uh, you just returned from paternity leave, which Congress is debating right now. Some conservatives have been citing your experience in an effort to mock the very idea of paternity leave. Take you are part of the problem. Pete Buttigieg has been on leave from his job since August after adopting a child. Paternity leave, they call it, trying to figure out how to breastfeed. No word on how that went. <laughs> What's your response? As you might imagine, we're bottle feeding and uh, doing it at all hours of the day and night. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to apologize to Tucker Carlson or anyone else for taking care of my premature newborn infant twins. The work that we are doing yeah. is joyful, fulfilling, wonderful work. Joyful. It's important work. And it's work that every American ought to be able to do when they welcome a new child into their family. Uh, I campaigned on that, so did the president. The Build Back Better agenda includes provisions for paid family leave. By the way, 
we're pretty much the only country left that doesn't have some kind of national policy for paid leave. I think it's down to us and Papua New Guinea. It is long past time to make it possible for every American mother and father to take care of their children when a new child arrives in the family. How long has he been on paternity leave? Like Since I get it. August. I get it. Everybody should should because go do. If you're an actual female that has a child, you get you have like a six week, you know, after birth. If you had a normal birth without complications, and this guy did not push this baby out, is out for that long. It, it's there's no excuse for. And him. there's some serious shit going on that he should probably be tackling. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's you know an elected official, and we've got some major problems going on. Pretty sure your husband can handle it with a, a nanny, you know, and a night nurse. Well, don't worry about it because not only did he try to push back on the narrative about his chest feeding, he did try to push back on the narrative even though every major economist on the planet said that this is going to probably be the worst Christmas in the United States since the 70s. Oof. Yeah. Tried to rationalize having a better one than last year. Let's hear how he pushed back on that. Supply chain issues, given the fact <clears throat> that you don't see this ending, this problem ending anytime in the next week or two. Hmm. Uh, would it be wise for Americans to do their holiday shopping perhaps a little earlier this year, or would that exacerbate the problem? Look, I think uh, uh, obviously uh, every family makes uh, its own preparations for Christmas. What I know for sure, or, or the other holidays, what I know is that the holidays are going to be a lot better this year than they were last year. Uh, because a year ago, millions of Americans were sliding into poverty who now have jobs. And a year ago, uh, a lot of us were uh, <clears throat> gathering with loved ones over a screen. Yeah, it's going to be different this year <laughs> because of the president's leadership, because of being able to get more and more Americans vaccinated and make that available free to uh, every American. Uh, and uh, th- those are just a couple of the reasons why we can expect a much better holiday season this year than we were facing a year ago. Uh- lies, the lies, the lies. Yeah, nothing changed for me. I still did exactly what I would have done any year. Alex, do you think the uh, holiday is going to change for you this year because of vaccinations and uh, happiness? Absolutely. I'm not going to see anybody who has not received at least four doses of the vaccine. <laughs> What's four doses? I need to look out for my health. And if they don't get the doses, they're selfish and they're murderers. But in all seriousness, I want to make this obvious point. Pete Buttigieg is gay. He adopted this kid. The kid is not his. He could have adopted this kid at any other time. He could have waited four years and then him him and his husband can go adopt a kid. It's, it's not like this kid just popped out of nowhere. He chose to go on paternity leave and, and took two months to do it. And, and the, other, the point about Christmas, I want to say these people, a lot of them are satanic. They hate Christians, they yes. hate America, yes. and they want to ruin Christmas. Uh, they locked arms with Tony Fauci and the Democratic Party, uh, and they're trying to shut down Christmas. They don't want what they're most afraid of, in my opinion, is they don't want people to assemble, be around other people, because when we're around each other, that's when we're going to start talking about the tyranny that's really happening. And you look at the lockdowns. When we got locked down, a lot of our interaction went straight to like social media, Facebook, yes. Twitter, all that stuff, because uh, a lot of people were locked down. I know I didn't, you know, lock down, but a lot of people did. And 
then they go and they remove speech they don't like from those platforms. So the only way to really get around that is for us all to meet in person and congregate, which is their biggest fear and the biggest thing that they're stopping. Totally agree. Oh, those are insurrections now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's like what they did with the churches, you know, where people congregate in church. That's why they shut down all the churches, but they left open the liquor stores, yeah, you know, the, the marijuana shops, and yeah, it's crazy. But the, I, I agree with you about the Christmas thing. They definitely want to ruin Christmas. They hate our Christian holidays and anything. I mean, they're like Fauci's, like, okay, Halloween's fine, but we don't know about Christmas. <laughs> like, oh, really? What? All right, you fucking ghoul. Yeah, exactly. Which which has become a, a common pronoun that we're using for these people on the show every week now because I can't think of anything else better to describe them. Mm. So fresh off vacation. Oh, good. And not letting her get away with it. No, not Mayor Pete. Emerald Robinson was actually allowed to ask a question today during the White House press briefing. Much to uh, Jen Psaki's dismay, it had to do with Mayor Pete and just who is running the transportation department right now. Uh, Let's hear how she kind of responded to... One of her best friends being back. The, the seriousness of the, the 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 supply chain, the, the multiple issues that you outlined, wouldn't it be wise for the secretary to get back on the bicycle, so to speak, and come back to work? A new poll found that 65% of voters think that, given what's going on, he should come back to work. He's at work. Uh, what? He's on paternity leave. Uh, I was on a conference call with him this morning. Oh, God. That doesn't count. He's in, he's in the department now, every day. Listen, Emerald, I think what you're getting at here is this question about whether uh, men, parents, uh, women should have paternity and maternity leave. Mm. And the answer is absolutely yes. In our view, that is the policy of this administration. That is what we're pressing to make law. So it's a reality for women, parents, fathers uh, across the country. And we're not going to back away from that. Uh, you, you have to excuse the opening of Emerald's question. She started stuttering because she was actually astonished that she called on her. Oh, right. She's like, wait, what? Yeah. So she, she's, you hear her fumbling through her papers, trying to get the question out. And did she it, say, I'm um, riding in on his bike. Yeah. He's, Cause remember he was yeah. famous during the campaign for being like the green energy guy, but then he got yeah, caught yeah. in at multiple campaign stops, getting SUV to a parking lot, taking his bike out of the back and then riding it into an event. So it looked like he rode his bike there. What a douchebag. Yes, he is. So. Like he just gets douchier and douchier. I don't so think. So bad. He, it's so bad. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty ugly. And, and so is the current state of the economy without any, I mean, you've heard it now referenced from several news outlets up against hard numbers and then via the threat of Christmas, not looking to get any better soon. And we're barely uh, heading into the back end of October right now. So. Buckle up and uh, start working overtime if you can. Buckle up, buckaroos. Yeah, there you go. I miss that audio. <laughs> uh, let's 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 switch it up a little bit now and talk about some of the well. It, it could basically be the entirety of our show, combating the fake news media and weaponizing the uh, branches of the federal government in thereof. So, at the Justice Department, we've talked about it for like a month now. The weaponization of, uh, you know. Merrick Garland and his revenge hire to destroy all things conservative after he was not selected for the Supreme Court is now gone after Donald Trump. He's gone after parents who have concerns about what's being taught to their children in the classroom. And uh, now they're going after the January 6th committee uh, subpoena people because if they're not going to respond 
to the subpoenas, a la the Maricopa County audit, then, you know, Joe Biden wants to put all these people in jail for the rest of their lives, like the January 6th, uh, no, I, insurrection. There it is. Ists. Ists. So, uh, before we get into the audio, Alex, what do you feel about that narrative? Well, I've been very outspoken that I believe that January 6th was a total setup mm-hmm. and a total hoax yep. uh, perpetrated by Nancy Pelosi. Yes. Uh, you know, we all saw that President Trump wanted the National Guard and extra help in D.C. He was going to send 10,000 extra troops. She turned it down and uh, the mayor, Bowser, turned it down as well. Uh, we also know about federal informants. We know about Ray Epps and Stuart Rhodes, uh, who were both undercover feds who infiltrated the Oath Keepers. The New York Times published an article about undercover feds uh, within the Proud Boys as well. So the question is, how many of these federal informants are really there? And all of this is going on. Over 700 people have been arrested. Mm-hmm. Over 40 of them are still being held in the D.C. Gulag being tortured and beaten, solitary confinement, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's a disgrace. And Nancy's committee is a disgrace as well. Yes. Uh, you know, the she hired a bunch of crisis actors, or I guess maybe they are actual Capitol Police officers. But Harry Dunn, uh, for example, I like to call him Harry Dunce, <laughs> but he said that uh, 25 or so Trump supporters yelled the N-word at him oh, when right. he was in the Capitol building. And he said that in Nancy's commission, yep. we have all these great stories, but we have no body cam footage. And we have none of the 14,000 hours of footage. Uh, you know, we're just getting these selective clips from CNN and other places. Uh, so, yeah, I think the whole thing's a sham and a disgrace. Merrick Garland needs to step down and the FBI and the DOJ are doing nothing but harm to our country. Excellent point. You know, there was that 40-minute clip that was released yesterday, much to the administration's dismay, uh, which was unedited and did show nothing but Capitol Police officers moving barricades in front of the Capitol. Oops. And then opening the doors and literally waving people in for 27 minutes straight um, as they stayed within the velvet ropes and and, and behaved themselves as they admired the insides of the Capitol. Well, the velvet ropes did get knocked over at one point. They they did clean them up at the end, though. Yes. Including the trash, which we have from people who were on the ground that day. Yeah, hilarious. So so pretty pretty interesting. Uh, Peter Ducey asked her about the weaponization of the DOJ yesterday, and obviously she wasn't very pleased about that. Let's hear how uh, Ms. Sackey responded. Break his promise not to enter into any decisions about what cases the Justice Department should bring and not bring. Uh, how did he break his promise? Well, he was asked if the DOJ should prosecute people who defy January 6th committee subpoenas, and he did not say, I will let the Justice Department decide. He said yes. Well, let me reiterate, and I put out a statement also on Friday night to this uh, to this. Uh, on this, uh, where I conveyed clearly that, one, the president continues to believe that January 6th was uh, one of the darkest days in our democracy. He also continues to believe that the Department of Justice uh, has the purview and the independence to make decisions about prosecutions. And that is continues to be his view, and that it continues to be how he, is, uh, he will govern. You say that that is his view, but that is not what he said. I just conveyed what his view is, and that is also how he has operated, how he has governed, and how he will continue to govern. And I think that's what's important for people to watch. So then what's changed since last year when he said, I will not do what this president, uh, former President Trump does, and use the Justice Department as my vehicle to insist that something happened? Well, 
since you give me the opportunity here, President, former President Trump used his office to incite an insurrection. He put political pressure on Ugh. senior DOJ officials to propagate lies about the election to the point where they threatened to resign en masse. I think there's hardly a comparison there. But the, he said, President Biden said, the Justice Department and my administration will be totally independent of me. And he said he would not enter into any decisions about what cases the agency would bring and not bring. How is that and not he, exactly And he has doing? not, and he will not. And so criminal prosecutions are their sole purview. Criminal prosecutions are the sole purview of the Department of Justice. That is the president's position. That is what he he nominated the attorney general to uh, operate under. That is. Well, yeah, I, I counted seven lies. There might have been more. There probably was. Um, I just told you what is. <laughs> yeah. How does she know what his view is? Yeah. When yeah. he literally goes out and says the direct opposite. I mean, he says he was hopeful for prosecutions last week. Well, this is the view we gave him, but this is, you know, maybe yeah. he's saying something else. It's only up to him to run with it. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on which clone they got out there during the day. Ooh. I just can't want to hear them say darkest day in our democracy. And I'm like, are you fucking joking right now? Like, these people are just so shameless. It, it's just disgusting. I can't wait till this blows up in their face. Well, you kind of you kind of have to look at the Capitol thing from the eyes of what they're trying to do. Like if you're just yeah. Joe Schmo off the street and you don't have access to the people that we have access to and aren't in the same circles where these social media clips and videos are being shared, right. maybe you actually think that the Capitol yeah. burned down and they just, they're, you know, they're finishing up the fresh paint right now. All right. No, totally. I mean, they created this narrative and who's whoever's not really paying attention or looking for answers are going to believe what, what they're putting out there. But when you know the truth, it's just like, oh, it's frustrating hearing her talk and just lie the entire time. Well, and something else they did, if you remember, they initially reported that uh, six people were killed in, in the quote unquote yeah. riot. And, you know, they said Brian Sicknick, for example, the New York Times put out the story. Brian Sicknick was beaten to death with a fire extinguisher by these <laughs> Trump supporters. And, you know, he's brutally beaten to death. Then they came out and said that he was killed by bear spray. Yep. And then they had to come out and say that, no, actually, he suspiciously died of a stroke later that night. Um, yeah. And, and the other one quick point I want to make is that they are focusing on January 6th because they want to deflect from the real insurrection that happened on November 3rd, yep. which we have tens of thousands of affidavits. We have mountains of video evidence. We have testimony. Um, it's all there. We know that the election was stolen. Joe Biden's probably the worst presidential candidate in American history. And they're trying to convince us that he got 81 million votes, but they just showed up in the middle of the night uh, after everyone already voted. Yes. Yeah. And, and w his approval rating, now that you bring that up, has maintained a 36% across the board for Crazy. about a solid week now. So from 80 million votes to 36% <laughs> approval rating in nine and a half months. 80 million votes. But you, you know who's really popular right now is a guy named Brandon. Ooh. <laughs> yes, he is. People love that Brandon guy. You know, it's pretty funny. I was at home last night with my kids, <laughs> and my daughter does this thing where she goes on Zoom. She gets on with like four or five different people, and they do like – song challenge like they'll put on a song and she's dancing around her room singing it and i hear playing some you know crap hip-hop song so I, I called her i was like can you come downstairs please and, and <laughs> she's like what's up and she's like hey what are you listening to and she's all like well you know we're doing the, the song challenge thing and i was like hey 
did you pick that song? And she's like, yeah, it's my favorite song. I was like, why aren't you playing the number one song that's sweeping the nation right now? <laughs> Which we listen to in the car all the time uh, before she goes to her sporting events. And uh, within 10 minutes, she was upstairs, and then I hear them all talking low. And then she's like, yeah, you know, he's, you know. I was like, oh, God. And my wife's like, you know, she's not going to be allowed to talk to those kids anymore if she keeps playing that song. So <laughs> she let them all hear Let's Go Brandon, which is the number one song on iTunes today. It's awesome. Yeah, pretty pretty funny. She continues to red pill her friends every day, whether it's on COVID vaccines or Aww, what's, what's yeah. topping the hip-hop charts at her old age of nine. Um, Tucky weighed in last night on, on Insurrection Day. And the narrative and where this is going, because we all know where it's going. They're going to Russiagate and Ukraine gate this thing. Mm. It's going to be, at the end of the day, legally a huge nothing burger because we all know it is. Mm -hmm. And then the media is going to say for years afterwards that it was the worst insurrection in the history of insurrections. Well, it's, you know, if you whisper something often enough, it becomes <laughs> true. Or say it on CNN. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's not hear CNN because Tucky's on Fox. Well, days after January 6th, Democrats in Congress began a crackdown, really an unprecedented one, on the civil liberties of Americans. In the Senate, Chuck Schumer called for the, quote, insurrectionists to be placed on no-fly lists. We are here today because the folks, the people, the insurrectionists who breached the U.S. Capitol fall under the definition of threats to the homeland and should be immediately added to the TSA no-fly list. Wow. So the minute that Schumer said that, we actually tried that day to find out if any Americans had been put on no-fly list. It seemed inconceivable that people who had not been convicted or even charged of a crime would not be allowed to fly on aircraft in their own country. Well, very months later, thankfully, journalist Glenn Greenwald has, in fact, run down the story. and He's confirmed that several January 6th protesters were indeed put on no-fly lists. Again, these are people who have not committed crimes. They were not charged with crimes. Now the January 6th commission is seeking the phone records of lawmakers and private citizens. We have uh, quite a, an exhaustive list of people. Uh, I won't tell you who they are, but it's uh, several hundred people. So you're looking for phones, tech, text messages, any kind of communications any, at all? Electronic communications, any letters, all of that. We're going to be reading people's text messages and emails. We're not going to tell you who those people are because we don't have to. That's the January 6th committee that Liz Cheney supports. That committee has gone on to subpoena political opponents for activities that we thought were protected by the First Amendment, like organizing a political rally. You should know the President of the United States has threatened jail time for anyone who does not comply. What does this look like exactly? Well, we thought we'd ask Glenn Greenwald, who is the journalist who ran down that story in the no-fly list. You and Glenn went on to kind of lend his commentary to the narrative, which Tucker kind of framed nicely, uh, going after you in every way possible and as hard as possible yeah. with, with no charges. Well, the good news is if, if they somehow reverse those no-fly listings, everybody's going to be on the no-fly list anyway because they're not going to be vaccinated probably. Oh, that's true. True. <laughs> well, what came out of this yesterday was a statement from President Donald Trump. He sued the January 6th committee. Got him. Reading from the statement now. On January 6th, numerous bad individuals, including Antifa, attacked the U.S. Capitol and broke a few windows. But BLM and Antifa are protected by the Biden-Obama government, while good Americans remain jailed. Of course, after the event, BLM and Antifa goons were bragging about their efforts on January 6th online. 
But these people won't be investigated by the corrupt U.S. House under Speaker Pelosi. The man they're after is President Trump because he stands between us and them. So that was a statement from him yesterday. And this also comes on the heels of some interesting information that has been uh, leaked. We talked about it maybe a week or two ago where Merrick Garland's son-in-law contracted with public schools and raised $76 million from investors for critical race theory in the classroom. Now we have it coming out that his wife worked heavily with classified defense contractor E-Systems, mm. then focused on elections before 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Attorney General Merrick Garland's wife is heavily connected to those running the 2020 presidential election, attempting to prevent the audits of the 2020 election as well. Her prior work is for a defense contractor, E-Systems, which makes it even more suspicious. So there yeah. you go. Not, not only is he in, in a position where he can inflict the most revenge on behalf of the former Obama administration, which he's doing now by weaponizing the DOJ in every way possible. His entire family is involved in stopping Stop the Steal and implementing CRT throughout the public school systems, throughout the military, throughout the federal agencies. It's just like every time something bad happens to this, it's not just like, oh, we fucked up in Afghanistan. Oh, Mayor Pete's on paternity leave. It's like... Not only is it bad, it's the worst thing that any administration's ever done in the shittiest way possible, and their entire fucking family's connected. Yeah, and it just keeps getting worse. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, you thought the Biden family was awful, but it seems like every other person that he hires, their family is equally as shitty. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. So, and, and you just can't make this stuff up. There's records and receipts of it everywhere. Infiltration instead of invasion. No, you have a look of extreme aggravation come across your face Mm. while I was reading that. Yeah, it's really irritating. Well, there is some good news, and it kind of involves CRT. Oh, good. Right. The New York Times, best known for trying to rewrite U.S. history with things (laughs) like the 1619 Project Mm. and being a mouthpiece for critical race theory, Mm -hmm. had someone step away recently. Oh, no. Yeah, she did. And uh, it, it it was really awesome to see her go on CNN Miss Barry Weiss and push back on the narrative that is fake news on the fake news network. She has walked away because she just can't take doing it anymore. And this is what she had to say on their show Sunday. You're right. There are tens of millions of Americans who aren't on the hard left or the hard right who feel the world has gone mad. So in what ways has the world gone mad? Well, you know, when you have the chief reporter on the beat of COVID for the New York Times talking about how questioning or pursuing the question of the lab leak is racist, Mm. the world has gone mad. When you're not able to say out loud and in public that there are differences between men and women, the world has gone mad. When we're not allowed to acknowledge that rioting is rioting and it is bad, and that silence is not violence, but violence is violence, the world has gone mad. When we're not able to say that Hunter Biden's laptop is a story worth pursuing, the world has gone mad. When in the name of progress, young school children, as young as kindergarten, are being separated in public schools because of their race, and that is called progress rather than segregation, the world has gone mad. There mm. are dozens of examples that I could share with, with you and with and your you viewers. And you often say, you say aloud. Everyone sort of knows this. And you say we're not allowed, we're not able. Between- Who's the people stopping the conversation? Who are they? 
you? Uh -huh. um, people that work at networks, <laughs> frankly, like the one I'm speaking on right now, who mm. try and claim that you know it was it was racist to investigate the lab leak theory it was I mean, who let's said just that at cnn example. but i'm just saying that when you say allowed i just think it's a provocative thing you say you say you say we're not allowed to talk about these things gotcha bitch they're all over the internet <laughs> well, i can google them i can Ryan, find them everywhere i've heard about really? every story you oh, mentioned so i'm just suggesting of course people are allowed to cover whatever they want to cover but mm. you and i both know and it would be delusional to claim otherwise that touching your finger to an increasing number of subjects that have been deemed third rail mm -hmm. by the mm -hmm. mainstream institutions and increasingly by some of the tech companies will lead to reputational damage, perhaps you losing your job, um, your children sometimes being demonized as well. And so what happens is a kind of mm -hmm. internal self-censorship. This mm -hmm. is something that I saw over and over again when I was at the New York Times. Oh, I'm surprised that made it on the air, to be honest. Listen, it's I know I was too. It's funny that she ran with it, but the show was live. It's it's oh, it was like live. She, That's why it made it to the air. She was having a tough time in the beginning. But you got to remember, as Senator Kennedy says, she was a purple haired wokester who was walking away and then pushing wow. back directly on the narrative, which has been part of her mouthpiece for the last half decade. But uh, you could definitely hear it in her voice. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the people in the. The production room just like shitting their pants, like what Going the fuck up. is she? Yeah, make her stop. Yeah. Yep. Alex, what do you th what do you think about that that bravery we saw? Uh, yeah. So I mean, CNN is definitely fake news. They're mm -hmm. failing. So is you know Fox is failing too yeah. because none of them want to report on election fraud and nope. none of them want to report on the audits and none of them have really done any investigative work coincidentally into Jeffrey Epstein's alleged death. So she's exactly right. They're covering up the real stories uh, and they're not they're not covering the real news. They're using whatever they can use to divide and conquer uh, for the Democratic Party and for the Uniparty. And uh, I mean, they're covering up vaccine deaths. Yep. They're covering up the firings that are happening. We talked about January 6th earlier. They covered up the murder of Ashley Babbitt. Uh, they covered up the murder, in my opinion, of Roseanne Boyland, another peaceful protester on January 6th. Who so, died. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're definitely failing. This was the first two-week period where they have not received one million views on one of their programs. Correct. Uh, in two weeks, in in a long while. So uh, I think that's a good sign, and I think their effect on people is waning as people start to wake up to the lies. That's an excellent point that Alex made, and he's kind of encompassed all, everything from the murder that happened on January sixth in the midst of a non insurrection we've seen worse things during the kavanaugh hearings um there was something at the uh i think it was the epa the federal building there last week there was a whole bunch of cops beat up by people trying to get in there pissed off about something with deregulations and they had a an insurrection there where people were breaking windows and hitting cops and getting bear sprayed and not reported Wait, for more bear spray yeah wow. So was it recently? It was like two days ago, but it's been so repressed in the media. You know, it was on Twitter for a little while, and then I try to like find it for the show, and and the clips are all gone. It's it's oh, just no, like no, I didn't see, I didn't even hear anything about that. Yeah, and it it was literally this week where where you know you had about three four hundred people at I believe it was the EPA in the federal district down in DC trying to get in um, to to protest something, and you know it, it got ugly, and some people got arrested, and some people got hurt, but not reported. Mm -hmm. Definitely worse than January sixth. Um, I'll pose a question to everybody. What do you think would happen if you lied to the FBI during a 
crucial investigation. Because there's been some other news this week from another former bad actor. Well, it depends on whose team you're on. True. Definitely not on Trump's team. Former Deputy Director Andrew McCabe, who lied to investigators multiple times during congressional hearings, uh, had his retirement reinstated after he was fired by Donald Trump, uh, I think like 20 hours before the deadline. Uh, Yeah, uh, based off a lawsuit that was sued, that he sued for in late 2019, the department settled with McCabe's suit and agreed to pay him $200,000 in back pay pension benefits. Wow. And then reinstate his full retirement. Um, so, some, some of the frills, he's getting the cufflinks and the plaque wow. from the agency, and they are expunging his criminal record of any mention of the firing and that of unpleasantness. Just for good measure, the FBI, that would mean you, Antoinette, Noah, Alex, myself, the taxpayer would also be paying McCabe's lawyers $539,000 in legal fees from 2019 till this week. Wow. These people Mm. are sick. They are fucking absolutely disgusting. I mean, he literally lied to Congress and to the FBI multiple times during the investigation, which involved him and Russiagate. And this is what he's rewarded with. Absolutely shameless. Yeah. Well, you get rewarded, you know, like maybe not right away, but eventually we'll take care of you for holding the line on their side. And we'll add a bonus on top of that. Yeah. Alex, when you see these awful people uh, come up and win like this, how does that make you feel? You know, it's amazing how much money there is for these people to lie and to sell their souls. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a disgrace. I mean, look at Hunter Biden Mm -hmm. now. Imagine this, the president of the United States allegedly's son is making $500,000 a painting and he's a brand new painter. It's obvious to anybody with two brain cells to rub together that there's big corruption, there's big payoffs. And I, I mean, I, I guess that the money's running short from other places if, if they need to be this blatant about getting, you know, getting money all these other ways, just like Merrick Garland's wife and his son, uh, and just like, you know, Nancy Pelosi yeah. insider trading big time. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, it, it's a disgrace. And it's so in your face too. It's wild. Yeah, I saw this week that someone in the Fed dumped like ridiculous amounts of money right before the the economy took another downtick last week and wound up just selling at almost criminal prices and just came up with unlimited cash. Nice. Yeah, and, and someone that works in inside of the the Fed, so it's pretty disgusting. Uh, one last thing I wanted to touch on: kind wouldn't of, that be insider trading? Kind uh, of. Listen, if Nancy Pelosi's doing it. Good morning. It's Sunday morning all the time. I hate her. <laughs> Doesn't necessarily have to do with the United States, but I thought it was pretty funny. And circling back to the number one song that's sweeping the nation right now, nice. Let's Go Brandon. Uh, it was leaked online last week, an inner government agency memo mm. inside the Canadian government. Hey. Hey. Uh, and, and it's pretty funny to hear. It's short. I'm going to read it. Um, This is a formal notification that all government correspondences must be professional in nature and approved (laughs) by the department heads. When applicable, all correspondences must be vetted by the PMO for framing and messages prior to the public disclosure or internal distributions. Furthermore, redacted, signature block salutations must be approved messaging and be provided in bilingual format as designated by regional guidelines. 
Seems pretty normal. How do you say let's go Brandon in French? Keep it professional. 1A. <laughs> Here's the stipulations. The use of a colloquial. There you go. Or sayings intended with double meaning as offense are strictly prohibited in the means of correspondence and or communications. Again, seems pretty normal. The only other amendment to this memo. Specifically, the use of wording, I'm quoting now, <laughs> let's go branding <laughs> and any variation thereof under any circumstances banned by the Canadian Public Service. <laughs> Yeah, and then it goes on to say, you know, if you see or hear any of this, let's go, Brandon, talk, please contact uh, your blah, blah, blah. Violation of this policy will be grounds for immediate dismissal without recourse or labor union representation. Unbelievable. Yeah. I think it's hilarious that Canada is the one that did this. It's not even their president, you know, but. Can you imagine yeah. just being that that newscaster lady that that caused all this like, listen to them and you imagine just where she works and Let's like anytime anytime somebody says that they're like yeah thanks for that there's no way she didn't know that they were saying fuck joe biden she was making that up oh someone like was a, yelling in her ear so please save that please save that yeah yeah so alex what um, do you feel about the uh totalitarianism that's coming down from the canadian government right now in regards to the let's go brandon narrative well, can, Canada is a whole separate uh, animal. It's, I mean, it's terrible what's happening in Canada, how they've shut down the churches, arrested pastors. Yeah. They've arrested politicians just yeah. for having small little gatherings. And uh, Canada's awful. Australia's awful. And uh, America, we're on our way. Luckily, we have about 400 million guns in the country preventing that. But other than that, we are definitely on our way to Canada. And there's definitely an assault on the First Amendment that we're supposed to have here in America. Uh, but this guy is the least popular, you know, president of all time ever. <laughs> and they're trying to tell us that he got the most votes of all time. Their narrative is crumbling. And I think that the DOJ and the FBI, if they were really serious about prosecuting uh, people who break the law, I think they should go after the people who uh I don't know, shoved eight ballots in at once and did that multiple, multiple times. The people who printed ballots off, why do multiple ballots have the same serial number? Why right. do ballots have no serial number? Why, why were Republican counties given Sharpies before the election and Democrat counties given pen to vote? So the election was stolen and let's go, Brandon. And, and you know, I'd prefer just going out and saying, fuck Joe Biden, if I'm allowed to say that Perfect. on your guys's, uh, yep. you sure your guys's are. podcast. No sure. but I prefer the old fashioned way, but people are speaking up and uh, Brandon is getting really popular as well. Yeah. I think the Brandon thing is just funnier just because it's like, <laughs> I mean, he's even made a commercial about it where they're chanting, let's go, Brandon in a dream. And he wakes up and it's like a beer commercial. What? Who? Yeah. Really? Brandon, the NASCAR driver. Did wow. he? Yeah, he, he 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 made a commercial. No way. And, and I mean, there's no fuck Joe Biden in it at all. But he's sleeping, and and it's that moment again. And when she says "Let's go, Brandon," they really have people chanting "Let's go, Brandon," and he wakes up and he like it's a beer commercial. It's it's hilarious. Oh my god, no oh, way! That's so cool. That's yeah. hilarious. So at least he cashed in on it a little bit. I hope so. Yeah, because yeah. Let's, let's go, Brandon. He deserves it. I wonder if he's a Trump supporter. He is now. Yeah, I'm sure he is now. <laughs> so, 
Alex, before we, we break with you today, and it's been a pleasure having you on, on our show, we'd love to have you back. You, you gave some really insightful commentary, and, you know, the passion that you bring uh, on your social media is something that, uh, you know, we really need to consistently have. There's so much repression going on there for, for people in our community who have a voice and have intelligent responses and, and, and you know, people that do their research and don't just spit stuff out. Uh, it, it's important to have influencers like you out there. And, and like I said, we'd hope to have you back at a point in the near future. Yeah, I would love to come back anytime that works in our schedules. Thank you so much, uh, Roan, Noah, Antoinette, for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, and, and the pleasure's been all ours. Why don't you tell our listening audience where they could find you across any social media platform you want to give out? And like I said, we'll live link it in the show description. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, give me a follow on Twitter. I'm pretty active on Twitter, at not. Alex Shepard. That's N-O-T-A-L-E-X-S-H-E-P-P-A-R-D. Uh, give me a follow on Telegram as well at Real Alex Shepard. Give me a follow on Getter at Alex Shepard. And then check out my new Rumble video I just posted. I plan on uh, talking to some very interesting people for a couple future Rumble videos. Uh, but I did just post a Rumble video at Alex Shepard on Rumble, uh, again, where I interviewed an auditor who she'd look at 2,000 ballads in one shift sometimes. And she said unequivocally, without a doubt, this election needs to be decertified. So I'm a true believer that there is no 2022 and there is no 2024 as long as we continue to let them rig elections without accountability and continue to get away with it. Mm -hmm. So Facts. I'm still focusing on the Trump 2021 uh, bandwagon, if you will. And your voice is an extremely strong one in our community right now. Please don't ever stop what you're doing. And, and like I said, we appreciate you uh, just as much as anybody else out there working hard on behalf of this movement. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, Alex Thank Shepard, thanks for joining us today on Steak for Breakfast. Jumping in the show now to do part of the back half with us. She's a former White House staffer, a major influencer on social media. She's a former model. She does business development. She's working on opening up three dispensaries and starting the American Honey podcast. Miss America Honey herself. Ricky Lynn, thanks for joining us on Steak for Breakfast this afternoon. Hey, hey, thanks for having me, guys. I'm so excited. How are you doing? I am good, busy with all the things you just named. So it actually just stressed me out hearing you repeat everything that I've done <laughs> and that I do. Thanks. <laughs> well, it's quite an impressive resume that you bring to the show today. And uh, we appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule to come and hang out with us for a bit. Absolutely. I love what you guys are doing, and it's important that we continue to communicate and spread the message. Yes, it is. We're going to jump right into our segment, the never-ending COVID story. Not as good as the never-ending oh story gosh. starring Mitch McConnell as the turtle. Ugh, this is the COVID <laughs> version. Um, That's yes, the goalpost that just keeps on going. Yeah, he is the best football player in the history of paid off uniparty members um yesterday one of our least favorite white house press secretaries jen Psaki, got into it as usual with peter Ducey talking about joe biden's weekend visit to a posh dc restaurant where he was seen maskless imagine that um let's hear the audio real quick and then we'll all kind of weigh in on it as she tries to defend him Thank you, Jen. Uh, there is a mask requirement inside D.C. restaurants, yet President Biden and the First Lady were not wearing masks while walking around a D.C. restaurant on Saturday. Why? 
Well, I think what we were referring to is a photo of them walking out of a restaurant after they they had eaten, masked in hand, where they had not yet put them back on yet. So I would say, of course, uh, there are moments when we all don't put masks back on as quickly mm. as we should. But I don't think we should lose miss, lose the force through the trees here. Yeah. And that our objective here is to get more people vaccinated, make sure that uh, that schools and companies around the country can put in place requirements to save more lives and keep people safer. Uh, and, you know, not overly focus on moments in time that don't reflect overarching policy. It was not just exiting the restaurant, though. He was walking through the restaurant with no mask on. There is a carve-out for uh, people under two or people who are actively eating or drinking. So I'm just curious why the president was doing this. I think I just addressed it, Peter. Okay. <laughs> oh, scissor me timbers! How do you think Colin Powell feels about that narrative, Saki? Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. So, so that's kind of how, and it's not see the forest through the trees or whatever. It's see the forest for the trees. He said, lose the forest, lose the she, forest. That's even worse. Yeah. She, well, I mean, she has no idea what she's talking about. She's completely unqualified for the at job. all. Yeah, rambling in circles. <clears throat> like literally, the fact that she can even say at there's times that people just don't put their masks back on or forget, unless you're a three year old fucking kid at a daycare who exactly. can't put it above your nose and they're being forced by these daycare workers. I guess that's not okay. But, but if you're anybody else is a murderer. Walk around and just forget about it from time to time. Yeah, yeah. right. Or like a, already how I've mentioned on the show today, my son with a stuffy nose and had to get COVID tests, which were all negative, was not allowed to go to school with a stuffy nose, even though there's nothing wrong with him. And his sister, who lives with him, is in school. Is in school because science. Mm. Is in school. That's so yeah. much yeah. science involved that in that helped. whole thing. It's so ass backwards, man. Doesn't it sure is. Sense. Okay, so we've we've seen a lot of stuff in sports. Uh, going down over the last week or so. Last week we talked about Kyrie Irving coming out. Uh, we talked about the one player who developed blood clots and was told by the NBA not to talk about it, even though it might end his career, which looked extremely promising. Um, it's just absolutely crazy, all this stuff that's going on. I'll give you guys some stats just over the last 24 hours. Allison Williams, an ESPN college football sideline correspondent, 15 years on the sidelines reporting for college football via ESPN, who is part of the Disney company and requires 100% vaccination for all their employees, decided to walk away yesterday. Then you've had Nick Rolovich brought in last year to turn the Washington State Cougars Pac-10 college football team around. He was forced to resign yesterday because the head coach of a major college program was forced to resign because he refused the vaccine. And then Evander Kane, superstar for the San Jose Sharks, was suspended 21 games by the NHL for yep. providing a fake Unreal. vaccination card before boarding a flight to go from San Jose <laughs> to Canada. Ugh. Yeah. I'm against the faking it thing. I, I don't find the loopholes of like, you know, when you're on the airplane to pull the mask down just to eat and drink and be obnoxious. I think it's funny, but it's like not going to get us anywhere. Just At all. Not fake. Don't fake it. Just say No. You're not going to comply. And these people, these businesses, and even with the sports stuff, what are they going to do when, you know, a large amount of these people walk away? You're already seeing Southwest Airlines back down um, right. and Excellent Delta and, and other ones. So it's, it's going to continue. But when we pussyfoot around everything and we just try to find loopholes or faking it, it's not sending the right message. It's actually not going to help us. No, totally agreed. I mean, I could see like with the basketball and like sports, like a lot of these players getting fired or um, taken off, and how are they going to play? Like, it's going to be... Yeah. All right, we're, we're in the past, like we touched on last week briefly, 
in the past they'd let players with HIV and yeah. probably every STD right. under the sun participate risk free to yeah, all, because you all get the people they come in contact hands with. Down with medical discrimination in a second. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. They're running into some really tough narratives with the uh, large demographic of African-Americans throughout college football, throughout professional football, Major League Baseball, yep. and, and sports like that to where they are, they are some of the lowest demographic of, of vaccinated people. That, the, the numbers in professional sports mirror like what it is in New York City where it's around 38% of the African-American community and under 50% of the Latino community. They're, they're going to be running up against some hard shit with this stuff as it moves forward and yeah. the mandate dates uh, on the horizon. Peter Navarro, mm-hmm. who, who, who's got no problem shitting all over Dr. Fauci, took to some of the NBA analysts who were calling Kyrie Irving greedy and selfish um, yesterday on War Room with Steve Bannon. So let's listen to that, and then after, we'll take a poll. You mentioned the NBA. I, I want to call out the biggest mouth. The biggest mouth in sports is Stephen A. Smith Mm. on ESPN. This is a proud black American who's supposed to stand up for proud black Americans. And what Stephen A. Smith did to Kyrie Irving is inexcusable. He's snobbish. He thinks Mm. he knows more than a lot of other people. You just looking for this is just the latest excuse for you to get off of work until you're ready to come to work. This is a basketball team. It's a basketball franchise That's that he's disgusting. signed up to play for. And to me, he's being selfish. Smith, you are a friggin' coward, and you are working on the plantation of ESPN and the NBA owners. You are wow. their mouthpiece. And for you to eviscerate you Kyrie are. Irving for making the intelligent, scientific choice to stand up against the vaccine policy, Stephen A. Smith... You should shut up on this because you don't know what you're talking about, dude. I just think Kyrie Irving and these other NBA players have done a better job than Fauci of presenting their case and marshalling their evidence about, wait for it, natural immunity. There you go, natural immunity. Imagine that. So that's something that Noah and I both have. Um, So let's talk about this real quick. For a prominent African-American figure in sports like Stephen A. Smith, Regardless of whether you like him or not, he's well-known. You see his face, you know who he is. He's been around forever. Uh, to say something like that in regards to another player, calling him greedy, calling him selfish, calling him lazy, like it's just, oh, it's the beginning of the season, you want to preserve your body, blah, blah, blah. He's probably just going to get vaccinated. He's just being a piece of shit. Awful wow. narrative. Yeah. What a dirtbag. Disgusting. It's like he's making a conscious decision. You know, He's not being lazy. This is right. far from lazy. Lazy is not needed right. for yourself in getting the shot. Exactly. I agree 100%. Yeah, and it's, it, now that we've heard our first clip of Steve Bannon, it's time to take a poll. Ricky, you, you may not be in the know, um, but you may surprise some people. We take it every week whenever Steve Bannon's war room comes up because of some rumors that circulated both online and through via an HBO documentary last year, which was absolutely god-awful. Awful. Is Steve Bannon the elusive Q? I'm going to say no. Noah? Nah. Antoinette? You know, I thought about it, and nope. Ricky Lynn? Um, I don't think so. I'm going to say no. Wow. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Hey, hey I'm going go, to circle back to her credentials. Former White House staffer. Oh, here we go. Oh, there it is. Yep. <laughs> and we're going to move on. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say her name once, so, so just remember, there's four of us here. If we say it three times, she's going to appear. Oh, no. Beetlejuice? Oh, 
Oh, God. <laughs> Beetlejuice. No. Noah said it. Now oh. we're at two. She weighed in yesterday on the vaccine mandate where nearly 50% of the entire workforce, first responders in Chicago, are ready to wa- walk out. In addition, you've had the Paternal Order of Police union Sorry, leader. Bitch. Yeah, he's gone on record saying, not only do you not have to you know, adhere to this mandate, do not even go and take the online survey. Defy that order, the union Ooh. will back you. Yeah. So, you know, he, he's been cycling around. Uh, That's a, a good union. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And it's one of those things where you hate to see politicians, if you can even call it that. Listen, she was at a WNBA game over the weekend. She took a picture, like, falling back into all the fans with the yeah. backdrop of the arena behind her. Every Did she just fall to the ground and nobody caught her? Because that would make my day. <laughs> I wish. You know, I wish it was something good like that. Unfortunately, it was her falling into a sea of masked people and her completely unmasked. Oh, wow. So let's hear how she feels about Yeah, She's she's been on on video talking about the NWO, the New World Orders. Yes. And and it's It's all of it. If you watch these, like the reality shows or the talk shows, and you see the people in the audience, these hosts, and these, you know, because they're better than everyone for us Mm -hmm. peasants who have to sit masked Mm. in the background while they're fine because we must protect their health and safety and not breathe fresh air for ourselves. Right. And now they're getting really comfortable with not even, you know, putting up the, you know, the facade anymore or even wearing it. Yeah. Rubbing it in our face. Like I was eating, I was drinking. I'm not going to do it if I'm out dancing. I didn't put it on fast enough. I'm sorry. Yes. That was a good one too. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know if you guys have heard. Like I said though, but your three-year-old will get harassed if they don't have their mask above their nose. And sent home like my son today. Well, there's people on the, in, uh, there's videos of people on an airport. er, Wow. I can't talk airplane. Mm Mm-hmm. And like literally like somebody's yelling at them because they didn't pull up their mask immediately after taking a drink or eating a pretzel. How dare they? It's a safe space. What we've created is like these people that are, they've had really no other place. It's it's the revenge of the nerds complex. I'm telling you, this is a real thing. And I'm actually going to do like a whole video of it because it's real. But we've given a lot of these people like a voice. And this is how they're using it with their little power grab to finally be something. And that's why they're so obsessed with the masks and policing other people for nonsense. Yeah, yeah it's their chance to be the white knight. For themselves and living freely. Yeah, that is, yeah, that is an excellent. let them go on for so long, you know, and yeah. then they've just become so bold in everything that they do. And the only thing they feed on mm-hmm. is power, you know, and, and we heard this narrative yesterday. I don't know if anybody here has heard it, but now first responders in Chicago are going to be compared to January 6th insurrection let's listen to what she said Uh, the police unions are not authorized to strike it's Mm. in their collective bargaining agreement it's a matter of state law what we've seen from uh, the fraternal order of police and particularly the leadership is a lot of misinformation a lot of half-truths and frankly flat-out lies in order to induce an insurrection Um, and we're not having that and so we want to make it very very clear um, that the law is on our side we feel very confident about it. And what he, what he said, even after uh, what I heard that he said, even after um, the lawsuit was filed and we notified them, is urging members of the department to ignore their chain of command. Oh. And let me be very clear about this. John Cantazara has destroyed his police career. Oh, destroyed it. He's not fit, and he's never going to go back to um, the department in any kind of active position. I don't want him to, to lead these young officers astray and have them destroy their careers like he's destroyed his. If you ignore 
a directive of your supervisor or worse, a direct order that's, uh, that's lawfully given, you're going to destroy your career. That is going to follow you forever. Over what? Going to a website, clicking yes or no, and if no, saying that you're going to sign up for testing? Really? That's worth it? Yeah, actually it is. And, yeah. and here's the thing. Um, because it doesn't just end there. Exactly. Click, no, exactly. Bigger it's picture. testing they it want, first. They want you to think of the small term. You're going to lose this. You're going to lose that. Well, we're all going to lose it here very fucking quickly yeah. if we don't start standing up. Yeah. So That's a true sure. story. And look how she says he ruined his career and he's going to lead others to ruin their well, career. Well, she said a couple uh, things. Young officers, young being people that probably don't have a whole lot to worry about with right. it. And then it doesn't just stop with testing because then once they have you on their list as unvaccinated then eventually they're going to be like, yeah, sorry, now the testing's not good enough. Now that we got, you know, maybe the union president has stepped down or they switched out with somebody else who's going to vote trash. For, yeah, endorse Joe Biden, which the Chicago PD did not. And the thing is, you never see these pieces of shit in high-ranking government positions use terms like disobey a direct order of a supervisor, disobey a lawful command, and things like that, unless they're already in violation of doing it. You never hear it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It must be a bummer, like yep. to work for some some entity that has a shitty union, though. For sure. Yeah, that isn't you know backing up their employees. Oh, she hates them all. Yeah. So I mean, well, that's the point. That's what she wants. She's intentionally doing this because she knows there's going to be pushback. She, they, I mean, they wanted to fund the police. They don't want any police. I mean, that's yeah, a, exactly. well, it's, it's exactly how them. she said it. it's bullying and it's trying to force people into this. It's the fear mongering that they've pushed for the last. 18 fucking months of nonsense. Yeah, that's a a good point. An excellent segue for Antoinette. She talked about pushback. No one pushes back on the COVID mandates harder, even than Ron Paul, than Florida's very own big dick, Ron DeSantis. Ron Dick Island. He weighed in. My main man. That's it. He weighed in on politicizing the whole mandate narrative the other day, and I want to play this portion of the audio from him. He says... Don't make the vaccines uh, divisive. Don't make the vaccines divisive. You are trying to take people's jobs away over this issue. You are trying to plunge people into destitution. You are taking away their livelihoods. Nobody else is doing that. You are the one that's being divisive about this to to say to a police officer who's been working uh, this whole time or a nurse or a firefighter Mm -hmm. that now they lose their job. Way before there was any vaccines, we even knew what the heck was going on with, with, with you know, you go back to March, April 2020, there's so much unknowns. Those guys had to answer the call. Patient comes in, the nurses are there caring for him. Yep. Someone calls 911, the police and the fire, they're there. And they had to put, put themselves on there. And now you're going to toss them aside. So, so he is the one that's being divisive. Just think. Oh, he's not wrong. No. And, and, and Ron DeSantis has gone on record saying, if you work somewhere and you're fired because of this bullshit, via my executive order, move to Florida, we'll get you hired on as a nurse, as a firefighter, as a police officer in I'm Florida. I'm telling you, this is the way. This could actually end up being what we want because we're, we're kind of separating from the people that we don't want to associate with. I'm not like for the... It would be nice to just live in a in a regular world, but yeah. we're in clown world. So if people yeah. want to continue, now everyone's showing their true colors. I'm like, good, you do you. You stay in shithole California, which right. is sad. It's a beautiful mm. state, um, mm. but it's completely just ruined. You have to step over human shit to get to a $3,000 one-bedroom apartment, mm-hmm. but keep it. 
and have your way and see how it works out for you guys and stay away from, you know, Texas and the places that we love and are doing really well. And we'll see how it works out. Yeah. Like I'm not for succession. I believe in one nation, you know, under God. Yeah. Um, But I totally agree. I mean, this is going to backfire on them anyway. And all these, all these shitty States are just going to get shittier. They're going to become the biggest shitholes and it's going to be obvious and people are going to see it and more people are going to wake up. And it's not gonna it's not gonna work out for them in the end. It's it's already backfiring. I don't think they care if it's a shithole as long as it's and when I say our I don't mean our, I mean their yeah, our shithole. But yeah. I just I mean they're not gonna have anybody to govern there. It's gonna be Yeah. Well that's chaotic. The other Imagine thing. like post apocalyptic. That's how I see these places ending up if it continues. They but, already are. I mean, literally look yeah. at the stats and everything that happens in Chicago. Well, yep. like you guys are saying, Beetlejuice is over here falling into a crowd at a third time shit. A, a, sporting event while literally everything is crumbling in those cities and states and these people are they just go unrecognized they're the ones but i mean it's kind of like i said to you before and uh, my dms before this was the big like hyperinflated numbers and the over aggressive government when it comes to covid and all the bullshit with everything is they're trying to push there's a level of medical necessity that's required by american law for yes. a person's rights and body to be violated in the name of public health so yeah, like we know exactly. So we know with the actual figures of COVID that it comes nothing fucking close. It's the yeah. flu. It's a cold, right? And yep. and it's if you look at when the flu started or how long it's been around, and that we've had flu shots, it's not significantly different from um, hospitals that were overrun, you know, during the flu, or that eighty percent are under sixty-five who die from the flu, or that six hundred fifty thousand people a year die from respiratory conditions linked to the flu right but the use of police power or common good under the constitution you have to have that level of medical necessity that's required something like an ebola outbreak of a 90 percent mortality rate or um you know again that that affects women pregnant women children we would all be like oh yeah i would definitely take a mask for a hot minute over fucking ebola yeah mm-hmm. it makes sense yeah. This doesn't. So they're really glad it's that's the hype. And then that was the original hype of this overinflation. And then they got overly aggressive when people were like, hold up. It's been 18 fucking months. The mask's not working. The stickers on the ground with arrows for the grocery store is fucking dumb and it's not working. <laughs> people, the vaccinated are dying now. So now they're getting overly aggressive with censorship and vaccines and firing people. Yeah, that's 100% true. And where a lot of this narrative started, he is the original Grinch. Well, and the mass wouldn't actually help for the transmission of Ebola anyway. That's coming to steal our Christmas. <laughs> Noah's favorite. Oh, no. Anthony Fauci Ugh. talked about how not only are we the problem. You are part of the problem. But what's going to happen this Christmas, maybe, only if you get vaccinated. are vaccinated and your family members are vaccinated those who are eligible and that is obviously very young children and not yet eligible that you can enjoy the holidays you can enjoy halloween trick-or-treating and certainly thanksgiving with your family and christmas with your families that's one of the reasons why we emphasize why it's so important to get vaccinated not only for your own safety for that of your family but also for the good of the community to keep the level of infection down when you do that, there's no reason at all why you can't enjoy 
the holidays in a family way, the way we've traditionally done it all along. Oh, God. Does anybody listen to the, like, the level of infection it's down? It doesn't, the, the vaccination doesn't do that. I just don't understand. I really hope, like, nobody is listening to this guy as much as they were. I, I just don't see how by now. And if they don't, then there's no hope for them. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's some probably Fauci tattoo regret out there. Oh, what I, about the guy I that, that I remember like had a song that he wrote for Fauci? Oh my gosh. <laughs> had a crush on him. That was awful. That that like made my skin crawl listening to it. I, Almost I as much as it. watching Dr. Fauci work in his office with his bobblehead and like a giant portrait <laughs> of himself. The like, choice of words from both even like the clips before to that. Anytime these people speak, it is so overly done and dramatic of like specifically how they like pinpoint everything of you will maybe be able to interact and be around your family if you take these and do it. It's, it's fucking insane. Yes, it's it like, is. what are, really what bad is even happening right now? Acting. The like level of uh, vaccination. <laughs> and he's like three foot tall. I'm like, who in the fuck are you? What are you talking about, sir? <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Gosh. Well, we do have the, uh, the conservative version of like the New World Order wrestling version. <laughs> it's what started with Ted Cruz, who tapped in his partner Rand Paul, Ooh. has now tapped in, coming in from the from the stands with a steel chair, Ron Johnson, who's equally has had it with this whole COVID narrative bullshit. Period. Mm. Right. Everything from mandates to firing, and it seems like they've done a nice little pass down. It was Cruz for a while, yeah. In all the committee hearings, Rand Paul had two of the biggest shittages on him uh, up on Capitol Hill. And now it seems like Ron Johnson is doing the cable news circuit to kind of keep that narrative going as someone who supports ending all of this shit as soon as possible. He jumped on Maria Bartiromo on Sunday to talk about ending this narrative and just how he feels about the overallness of it. Let's listen to what he had to say. And that, of course, was after he put that rule in that any company with 100 employees or more uh, mandate that the employees get the vaccine. Your thoughts. What's this about, Senator? First of all, the mounting data shows that they're not working or as, are as safe as we all hoped and prayed they would be. Uh, the mandates are, are pointless. Mm -hmm. Now that we know that uh, fully vaccinated individuals uh, are getting infected, they can transmit the disease. Unfortunately, they're being hospitalized, they're getting seriously ill, they're dying. Uh, there's no point to the mandate whatsoever. Uh, the fact that this administration won't recognize natural immunity in these mandates, and of course, they're completely ignoring the vaccine injuries. And Maria, People need to really understand this because it's not being uh, reported, it's being suppressed. But you you know, over 25 years, the flu vaccine, there are about uh, six, about little, little less than 1,700 deaths reported on the vaccine adverse event reporting system. That's CDC's early uh, safety surveillance system. Less than 1,700 over 25 years. With the COVID vaccine, we've had 16,766 deaths in 10 months administering administering this uh, this vaccine. Now, I realize the, the VAERS does not prove causation, uh, but when you have over 5,400 of those deaths occurring on day zero, one, or two, it certainly would uh, cause me some serious concern. And the, the other stat is we now have 798,000 adverse events reported in just 10 months. 798,000, the other criticism of VAERS is it dramatically under-reports of the vaccine injuries. So it's not an irrational decision for people to say, I, I don't want to take this experimental vaccine. Uh, those are just some 
staggering numbers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and when when you hear real elected officials talking about that, ladies, I mean, you guys can weigh in. It's just, it gave me chills to hear. I mean, I know them. I see them. I research them every week for the show. We talked about them. But to hear, like, an elected official go on, like, a major show with hundreds of thousands of people watching and say those, like, almost a million adverse effects. And that's a, that's well, on people very low end. That. Yeah, yeah, and on the very low end, they say it's like one to ten percent, um, if that reporting. And I, yep. I forgot where I read it, and I'll look for it. But well, it's um, a yeah. voluntary yeah. reporting for VAERS, so it's like it, right. take, and it takes a while to put it in. They're like, it. and they're even messing with those numbers on VAERS too, which is crazy, you know. And I forgot, I, the virologist said times the number that you see on VAERS by a hundred, and that's more likely what the true number is. Yeah, for everything. Well, there was one. Uh, I forget where I got it, but it was a clip and it was talking about like a doctor that, or maybe it was one of those uh, Project Veritas videos. I think the doctor was saying, it's like, yeah, and the VAERS reporting, it takes like a half hour to put the put the information in. So nobody wants to do it. Yeah, I talked to that one lady who did podcasts recently. She's kind of going around and she was like one of the first nurses to be fired in New York mm-hmm. uh, for refusing to get the vaccine. And, I, and I've talked to her several times online and she said like when it goes to the reporting system, she's like, no. No, ever since they opened up the, the hospitals and all the people who have real shit wrong with them are going in there now, and it's not filled up with no COVID patients. Yeah. No one's got time to do that paperwork. They're all working 10, 12, 14, 16 hour shifts because Especially they, being short staffed. Right. They cut their staff in half before they're cutting it in half again. Yeah. Science. Right. They do that, and they have like a part of the hospitals that aren't even open. So they're not at full capacity when they're saying that these hospitals are overwhelmed or overrun. It's because they're only reporting that off of like, I think it said maybe like 70% of the hospital. Yeah. So you're already losing 30%. And then when you add all the people that are in there, yeah, it's pretty easy for it to fill up. But that's not 100% capacity of the hospital. No, yep, and they're not. replacing these people that are that are leaving with unqualified people, which is scary. Yeah. And, and the funny that. part is in places like New York where they're firing nurses, doctors, uh, EMTs and stuff like that, people who work in ambulances, they're replacing them. Look, with- I'm an army wife. Ain't nobody wants some medical care from the military all the time. That whole idea was uh, comical if anybody has had or dealt with military health care. Yeah, there you go. But, but the people that they're bringing in... I changed my socks today. They don't have... Yeah, there you go. They don't have to get <laughs> vaccines until late 2023 when the one that's going to be eventually executive ordered, it's not been yet, it's just been a press release. But when, but those people don't have to get vaccines yet. Now they're replacing people who are fired for refusing to get one. Yeah, and they don't have to get the vaccine, these new people, which is insane. Yeah, so you're having unvaccinated people from the like the DOD and the Army, Corps of Engineers going in and working in medical settings and stuff like that. They're not vaccinated. They don't have to get vaccinated at least until early 2023. Who knows if that mandate or executive order will even still be around then, and they're replacing the people who got fired for refusing to get them. It's just make it make sense. Make it make sense. I feel like there needs to be just a lot of lawsuits for just like – workplace harassment at this point just because like all the fear porn emails that people get at their at their work Mm -hmm. for like you have to get the vaccine or you're gonna get fired and then just from every single angle you're getting hit from this thing and god forbid you're a member of the military and work for the federal government then you're getting double barrel shotgun of fucking bullshit pretty spicy walmart now too yeah so the discrimination i mean the way that people are literally treated for being unvaccinated or not wearing a mask it's like you have fucking leprosy yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the amount of stress that people are going through just just thinking about this. It's like you have to – this is something that you've made a, de- a personal decision. You've made your decision. This is who you are as a person, and you cannot comply with this. And then you just have to sit there and just hope everything's okay. 
It's, it's well, very it's stressful. Well, after facts like the data that he just talked about from that's the biggest argument I hear from people is, well, there's all these other vaccines or people do this or that. I don't take any flu shot. I never have. I'm like half Native American. We don't do that. Well, nice. we never did before. Now they all are for some reason. Um, but I never got a flu shot until I joined the military. Stuff. Ever. Never needed to. What was that? I never took the flu shot before I joined the military and then they forced me to. <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah never I've never done any of it. I, my family, we were like, yeah. eat some garlic, raw garlic. Like, there you go. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's how we are. We're very European. They're like, put some moonshine on you. Yeah. Or whatever. Ricky, no, but you know, this yeah, is also hot toddy when you're five and your teeth hurt. Just rub some Jack Daniels on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, exa- exactly. That's what we did with her babies when they would like start teething and their gums hurt. Yes. Well, moonshine will work. It'll kill, you know, brain cells, viruses, whatever, anything. And probably your consciousness. <laughs> You'd be surprised. You know, my, my great grandfather lived to 107 and he would have a couple shots of moonshine every morning. And he'd use it and splash think about that. Why, face. like, our lifespans keep going down? Yeah, my best right. friend's grandpa had emphysema for 50 years, and he lived till he was almost 100. He was allowed, like, a fifth of Irish whiskey every day and, and 10 unfiltered Pall Mall cigarettes. There you go. And, and with emphysema, lived till he was almost 100. I know. It's, it's mm-hmm. wild. So, Ricky, last thing I want to touch with you on, because I know time is short for you, uh, it, it's something that was huge last month, but it's kind of starting to come back into the narrative. We just... Uh, found out today, as was confirmed by Mexican officials, the mother of all caravans. Oh, no. 95,000 people crossed from Guatemala into Mexico today on the way to make a trek to the United States. Oh. In addition, we did have the crisis in Del Rio and the Rio Grande Valley sector with the Border Patrol and all that stuff last month as Afghanistan was melting down, the economy started to go where it is now, which we talked about earlier on the show. The shitter. Where did all these people who were released in the United States go? We find out some numbers. Over 74,000 people who were COVID positive were not given any medical treatment and were released into the interior of the United States over the course of this fiscal year so far. And now, as found out on Tucker Carlson last night, the Biden administration is flying illegal aliens from the Texas border to New York and Florida Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night. Yeah, Westchester. Biden. Yeah, there you go. Good old. Completely fine to me. Nothing to see here, folks. Good old Pedo Joe. Let's hear how Tucker weighed in on it last night when uh, he broke this story on his show. Science. Reveal that in recent weeks, thousands of illegal aliens have been flown from the Texas border into Westchester County Airport in New York on chartered jets. And it's not the only place they're heading. Miranda Devine from the New York Post is on this story for us tonight and joins us with developments. Miranda, good to see you. Give us the outline of this story, if you would. Thanks, Tucker. Well, we know that Joe Biden has dismantled uh, all the border protections and that we've had upwards of 1.5 million illegal migrants cross into America. But what we didn't know was where they were going. So we had a tip off that they were flying into uh, Westchester uh, County Airport in White Plains in the dead of night, two, three, four in the morning. Uh, so last week we went and had a look and we did see um, two planes fly in with uh, about 100 illegal or 100 migrants uh, get off the plane. Uh, Most of them were unaccompanied children. We're told by the government they were all unaccompanied children, but uh, several of them did look to us to be males in their 20s, late teens. Uh, And then they were put onto buses, Hmm. charter buses. Uh, They had a police escort out of the airport, and then they were dispersed around uh, various places in New York, Long Island, uh, also New Jersey. They were dropped off on a rest area at the New Jersey 
Jersey Turnpike. We oh, also perfect. sent a crew to Jacksonville because these flights are coming from Texas, from McAllen, El Paso, Houston, uh, and they're coming to White Plains via Jacksonville, Florida. So we had a crew down there on the weekend and they also spotted a flight uh, landing um, and about uh, 15 to 20 uh, illegal migrants uh, got off that plane and they were bussed to um, about a place about 130 miles west of Jacksonville. So uh, we've done our best to get the information from the government, but we've really been stonewalled. Uh, no one wants to talk. All that uh, we'd referred to the Health and Human Services and all that. Okay, so that's Miranda Devine, who's come back to be reactivated as of late. She's appeared on Newsmax. I've seen her on OAN. She's also been on Steve Bannon, who's not Q's War Room, and now Tucker Carlson, all in the last two weeks. Uh, talking about some of this stuff related to the obvious human trafficking that's going on. You know, the administration will put out information once it's caught stating that it's children being relocated, unaccompanied minors. And then they're reporting uh, after doing some in investigative work that it's fighting age single males. Imagine that being mm. thrown into I mean, all of these how communities. How do you know this is not MS-13? This kind of worries me because I have family in Long Island in mm -hmm. Westchester County, and they already had an issue in Long Island Big with time. MS-13. Big mm -hmm. time. They were cutting yeah. up uh, little girls there and doing satanic yeah. rituals with them. Yep. Well, and regardless, yeah. regardless of whether or not these people that are getting released are in MS-13, it's going to be people that are very susceptible to getting adopted by this gang lifestyle and yep. these gang uh, influences that are yeah, here in the United States. Come from. Yeah. Yeah, and they're going to get recruited, and then they're going to have no choice but to be like them and to be, you know, be a part of them in order to survive and get taken care of, you know. And like the majority of, of these people are kids and fighting age men, but like, where are they going to go? Well, you're going like, to come from an underdeveloped. What is the purpose yeah. of having an open border from the people who claim that America is shit, but yet they want all these people to come here to have what opportunity that we supposedly don't have? I thought we were an oppressive, horrible country to be in. Yeah, Obviously, economic. <laughs> if you too, came from an under underdeveloped right? like, country, wait, I yeah, thought then... you guys are still like all these people preach about how terrible America is and all the BLM people and mm -hmm. Antifa and everybody, but yet they're also for an open border to give someone else an opportunity of America. Yeah, well, it's going to destabilize the middle class too. I mean, they're going to they're going to ruin the suburbs. Yeah, That's you, what they want. You you can't come. You can't achieve Agenda Twenty Thirty without destabilizing the middle class in America. We're the last. Backwards. like firewall of protection yeah. for this entire country. And we are getting beat. The last 10 months have just been absolutely awful. It's horrendous. Yep. It's well, scary because it's happening so fast too. Oh, it's very fast. Yeah. It is. It, it happened. The, it escalated after Trump. He opened a can of worms. I mean, we've seen this through generations and decades. There's been media propaganda and multiple presidents or people have warned against everything, but it happened very slowly over time because, there were patriots and there were people that were like, oh, hell no. Yep. The generation before us was like, uh, -uh not, none of that shit will happen. It would have been recognized pretty quickly, but they did it through and it, and it did happen. Actually, it wasn't quick. Um, I think that the Obama administration was a big push. They, yeah. they harped on this generation, the kids, they were in schools and focused on uh, celebrities and, and using pandering to the black community and minorities and young children and hip hop and music. Um, and then I think when Trump came in, he was like, well, actually, this is happening. This is happening. And woke a lot of people up to where they were like, fuck, we got to really get a move on this because mm -hmm. well, yeah, they, the they didn't expect Hillary to lose either. So they had their 16 exactly. plan. Yeah, so once Trump won, they're like, oh, fuck, you know, and after mm -hmm. and he was like, I had a mouth of saying everything. 
Well, yeah. And then now, and people didn't notice really anything before as much, obviously, but now they're trying to, they're, they have to accelerate because they lost four, four years. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really interesting to see how this is all coming around. You're seeing a lot of those, uh, a portion of that generation who were small children, um, you know, entering their teenage years, uh, mm-hmm. during the Michael Brown thing, when Barack Obama really inflamed division in this country, yeah. uh, are now. Yeah, at- it was the Trayvon Martin thing. It was yep. a real big push. Like we thought we were seeing the first black president of the United States. It should have brought a lot of great things for the black community. And all it was, was more division and segregation mm-hmm. and like kind of the uprising of, I mean, that's where BLM was established. Yes. It was under that administration. Yep. So what the fuck came out of it in how many years? I want to know what black community has been helped because we're still talking about it. Well, and then you have Joe Biden when he came uh, for his presidency uh, run. He's saying that he was going to solve racism. It's like, well, if he knew the secret, <laughs> how come he didn't tell Obama? I wonder if he tried to do that with the crime bill when he created that. Was that to solve racism as well? Or all those different times he dropped N-bombs in the halls of yeah. Congress or when he went on a parade float with the former leader of the KKK. And- yeah, maybe you should ask him how to since he's reformed how he can end racism (laughs) right (laughs) well he was going to end COVID and cancer as well so i'm waiting for all three yeah absolutely they're gonna be a cancer vaccine next oh god don't start (laughs) ricky we're about to cut with you We, we we know you know you're a very busy woman we appreciate you coming on our show number one i think probably 1a you really know your shit you know talking to you online is definitely not the same as interacting with you here you're you're extremely well versed and, and your opinion is uh, one that we value on the show. We hope to get you back at some point in the future. But before we wrap with you, can you please tell us whatever you're comfortable with, social medias, where we could direct our audience if they're not already following you to find you online? Awesome. Mainly just my Instagram right now is underscore Ricky Lynn, R-I-C-K-I-L-Y-N-N-E. Perfect. And we will live link your Instagram accounts in our uh in our show descriptions and we'll forward it on to you so you can share them on your social medias. Thank you guys. I will definitely be back. It was awesome. A pleasure speaking to y'all and uh, keep going. Thank you. You got it. Mr. American honey yourself, Ricky Lynn. Thanks for coming down with us today. Bye y'all. Those are some good guests we had, huh? Yeah. Solid. We've rounded third and are heading home. Last segment. I don't know if you guys have heard in last 24 hours, Colin Powell's dead. RIP. Wow. Poor guy. Yeah. You know, what's not poor was his stance on pretty much everything in his public life once he got into the upper echelons of administrations, best known for, you know, Dave Chappelle doing a skit on him, (laughs) talking about yellow cake, uh, featuring the Wu-Tang Clan, and his renouncement of the Republican Party once Donald Trump became the uh, kingmaker of it. So let's do a little, it is TBT, Colin Powell, one of his last public interviews, talking about how he feels about all this. Um, do you feel like that, that dynamic has broken? Do they realize that in a sense they caused, they, they encouraged at least this, this wildness to grow and grow? They did, and that's why I can no longer call myself a fellow Republican. <gasps> you know, I'm not a fellow of anything right now. I'm just a citizen who has voted Republican, voted Democrat throughout my entire career. And right now, I'm just watching my country and not concerned with parties. Um, and so I do not know how he was able to attract all of these people. Uh, they should have known better. 
but they were so taken by their political standing and how none of them wanted to put themselves at political risk. They would not stand up and tell the truth or stand up and criticize him or criticize others. And that's what we need. We need people who will speak the truth, who remember that they are here for our fellow citizens. They are here for our country. They are not here simply to be reelected again. Come on, guys, you can make it in private life if you don't get reelected. But right now, we need you to be real Americans who we can trust, who will tell the truth, who will argue on the basis of facts and not just argue on the basis of what their primary looks like. And, and wait, that sounds a lot like and, and blindly fund the military-industrial complex. He forgot yeah. that part, but I finished the sentence. Yeah, all him. these people that are lying and not. Well, it's easy for him to science. say he's like he doesn't feel part of anything because he never was from the get-go, you know. And it's just really funny. Um, he should. He says people should tell the truth and speak up. Mm. <laughs> Renouncing his his affiliation and allegiance to the Republican Party after they were the only ones who stuck up for him. When back in the day, it was the yeah. Democrats who called him an African-American only based off of the color of his skin alone. They said, insane. yeah, if you looked past the color of his skin, there was no blackness to him. He wouldn't be the black face of white supremacy. Well, he's dead now. So <laughs> and then let's talk about that real quick. Uh, so apparently he was double vaccinated. However, he did have blood cancer for, yeah. for, for nearly a decade and has, you know, worked through that. So died of COVID, died with COVID. Died from COVID. We'll never know. Died from the COVID vaccine. However. Didn't report it that he died from COVID-19? It was. Yeah. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Initially. And they made a point to say he was double vaccinated. So the media spin on that is because we are unvaccinated and don't wear masks. Colin Powell in his private okay, life yeah. is now dead. Oh, yeah. It's all our fault. He was also. He was cancer also, that yeah. was double jabbed. And was 84 years old. Exactly. So the clock was a ticking. Uh, network there, like that alone right there should tell people like the shot doesn't work. Yeah, or it's I mean, not as effective as they claim to say the very least. Well, it could have been worse if he wasn't yeah, vaccinated. He could have died. <laughs> <laughs> a little late for that. N oh. We're not getting into the shit talking yet, but we will get there. Uh, CNN, one of the networks who used to uh, label him as a war criminal uh, before they accepted him as the yeah not, not black face of the Republican Party since Ooh. he renounced it, talked about his death yesterday with. Uh, that crazy Asian lady from the, the CDC who likes to tell everybody that, you know, um, vaccines are the only way. Let's hear what they had to say. Well, it might have helped, but let's take a step back and look at his risk factors. So the first is that he is already medically fragile, meaning because of age being 84. And also we know that risk is additive. And so having Parkinson's, having multiple myeloma, having chronic medical conditions means that for somebody else, it, they could have had a mild breakthrough infection. Mm. But for somebody who is medically vulnerable, that could have led to a much more severe outcome. The other thing is multiple myeloma itself, a blood cancer, results in people potentially not mounting the same type of immune response as somebody who is otherwise healthy. And so there was a study published in July that found that patients with multiple myeloma, about 45% of them, only 45% of them, um, will mount an adequate immune response after vaccination. Mm -hmm. And so that's why this is the group that is extremely vulnerable. They are recommended to get a booster shot, but even with a booster, they may still not have as much protection in order to prevent from severe outcomes. And this ultimately is the 
the reason why we all have to be vaccinated because this is really about all of us. Yes, the vaccine does protect you, but it protects you even better if everybody around you is vaccinated and we get vaccinated as healthy people in part to protect the most vulnerable among us. Mm. Yeah, it's really important that the people around someone who has those health challenges should. No, Wait, I don't think that that's, that's not science. I don't and think. we all need to get vaccinated. Hey, huh? Do you think that okay. was do you think that Boston was, bomber crisis actor? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now COVID crisis actor. Hey, do you think that was a tell she was giving us when she kind of slipped that whole 45 percent efficiency rate in there? Yeah, yeah, I think so. What was I mean, she talking about? Comorbidities? She sure was. Mm. They added Parkinson's to the list as well. So he was old, blood cancer, Parkinson's, no longer Republican, so accepted. Oh, well, yeah. Double jabbed. Mm. All three of our faults. No longer Republican is a comorbidity? It certainly is. <laughs> um, you want to know who's really not black? Who? <laughs> Usual... Lee absent Vice President Kamal Harris. Oh, so she weighed in yesterday briefly on a plane, traveling with the press pool. The audio is a little grainy because not only is everyone double jabbed, but they're also double masked. So let's hear what he she had to say on uh, talking about you know how the doctors told us things like this could possibly happen. Americans who know that he was fully vaccinated with COVID, who are now remain skeptical about getting the vaccine, uh, despite the fact that, yes, he did have a cancer diagnosis as well. Well, I, I, I don't think that it, what, what happened in terms of his health situation is exactly what the doctors have told us can happen, right? In terms of people who are immunocompromised, people who have pre-existing conditions. Um, I think it's Today is a day to really reflect on the life of the man and his extraordinary service and not to politicize the efficacy of vaccines. There's the Thank you all so much. Thank you. I was wondering if she was going to get a a quick cackle in there. (laughs) Well, you know who did get a cackle in yesterday? Oh, wow. President Donald Trump weighed in. Oh, yeah. I love it. And boy, did he ever. Yes, he did. It was a heavy way in. Not a huge fan, especially mm-hmm. after re- the renouncement. Let's yeah. hear what the president had to say in his statement from the 45th president of the United States of America. Wonderful to see Colin Powell, who made big mistakes on Iraq and famously so-called weapons of mass destruction, be treated <laughs> in death so beautifully by the fake news media. Oh, God. Hope that happens to me someday. <laughs> He was a classic rhino, if even that, always being the first to attack other Republicans. He made plenty of mistakes, but anyways, may he rest in peace. (laughs) Wow. I saw somebody. Oh, he's so savage. Equally elegantly post something online that's a parody from our friends over at the WWE. (laughs) Talking about something related to this. Let's hear what Donald Trump was probably feeling when he issued that scathing obituary yesterday. With the deepest regrets and tears that are soaked, I'm sorry to hear your dad finally croaked. He lived a full life on his own terms. Soon he'll be buried and eaten by worms. But if I could have a son as stupid as you, 
I'd have wished for cancer so I would die too. <laughs> so be brave and be strong. Get your life on track. Cause the old bastard's dead and he ain't never coming back. What do you think? <laughs> Holy shit, who was that? I don't know, somebody from the WWE. But Oh my god. <laughs> at the end of the day, who did it better? Yeah. So I mean, it was that was funny, but I love Papa T's. Yeah, I mean, no one's going to do it as good as he does it, and, and I think that's pretty much a fact. Uh, side yeah. note, but still related, um, one year younger, so 83 years old, also fully vaccinated, Mrs. Powell has tested mm. positive for COVID-19. Imagine uh, that. Oh. Mm. In addition, and breaking news, Someone who we've railed on this show on a consistent basis because of the lack of job he's done since being appointed as director of Homeland Security. Alejandro Mayorkas mm. has also contracted COVID-19 today. Oops. He's probably triple vaxxed. Interesting. Yeah, another breakthrough case. Shame on us. Actually, maybe he's not Herited vaccinated. It's crumbling. Crumbling. It's getting to the point entering the holiday season where they're not going to be able to stop people in this country from doing what they need to do to take care of their families, to be with their families and to finally put an end to this whole awful narrative. I think people are at that point though, that they've had enough, even yeah. people that were, you know, kind of with this whole, you know, lockdown and the masks. I think even they are just getting tired of the bullshit because they see all the flip flopping and they waited for the vaccine. Now they see it doesn't work. Well, the, the people that were already doubting it, like, I mean, you can't be a rational person and look at everything that's happening and be right. like, yeah, this is all working. Everything's fine. Like, you know, yeah, of course, 14 of days course. to slow the spread has be. become what it is now. And then if you're one of those people that are just clinging so hard to the narrative that this mm. needs to happen, this needs to sa this is what's going to save us. And then the thing that's supposed to save us doesn't work. Yep. And mm. you can still spread it. You can still get it. You can still you, die from it. You can still die from it. Then you have to just be like, all right, now, now the vaccine seems kind of fucked up. Well, if you're a normal, rational person, but if you're a person that's in denial, you know, that there, there are these COVID worshipers. Yeah. Know? But even, even the people that are the, you know, the supposed high priests of, of COVID, you know, yeah. You, you have to be somewhat like everybody's just got, it's got to be chipping away at their, their inherent beliefs I, I of stupidity. I, Joe Biden doesn't want to wear a mask when he's out in public. I wouldn't, I don't want to wear a mask when I walk through a restaurant either. And I don't, you, you know, well, he probably forgets to put on his underwear too. So that's true. Well, <laughs> in, in between changings. Well, yeah, of course. Verified secret service. <laughs> um, what? Yeah. During the whole 4th of July thing, they said secret service leaked it to, the media that there was there were several points over over his stops in New Jersey and New York when people were heckling him. Remember from the neighborhoods we played the audio. Yeah, uh, that he had a couple accidents. What do you mean? He, he shit his pants. Yeah, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. They, they, they did a segment on it on Tucker. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it was it was pretty pretty bad, and, and so is the state of our country right now. All all due to the fact of the administration that's currently occupying the Oval Office. That just makes I me. Mean, I don't care about the guy, I, but this is elder abuse. Yeah, it really is, and and all the people that are that are holding this narrative of him, Mister Eighty Million Votes himself, uh, are yeah. all complicit in th that abuse. And the only people that are negatively affected by it is the people who live in this country, especially the hardworking middle class like all of us. That that whole thing just makes me think of that uh, 
the soundbite from Young Frankenstein at the end where the the monster and him have uh, equalized their their brains together. Yes. And she's just like, yeah. oh, there's a basket in the bathroom just for socks and poo-poo undies. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's Jill Biden. Well. Imagine if this was Trump. You would never hear the end of it. Oh. I mean, they made up so much shit about him. Like, I, I remember, like, at the beginning of his presidency or during the debates before he won. You can attach, imagine like, if this was Trump to everything that's going on right everything. now. Yeah. Like, something fell out of his nose or, like, when he was talking, you know, because he had a stuffy nose or whatever that instantly blew up. He's a cocaine. He's on Adderall. Cocaine. Yeah. Like, imagine if he shit his pants. <laughs> Oh, imagine if he fell, actually fell down or fell up some stairs. Three times. Three times. Yeah, imagine yeah. if you walked up to the press pool and instead of answering a question said, my butt's been wiped. He said that? What? Oh, how did they try to spin that one? Like, what, what they did they said say? They said he was mimicking what he heard oh, yes, audibly yes, yes, from yes. the press pool. That was, that was, you know, he just was like making noises, and but it came out, my butt's been wiped. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, he let it <laughs> slip. Wow. Well, what about Let's Go Brandon? Let's go. Brandon didn't happen during the Trump administration. Every stadium he went to, whether it was in the Northeast, stadiums in New York and New Jersey, in the Midwest, in the Deep South, when he went to Alabama and Clemson and games like that, all over the place, packed house, standing ovation, like yep. making him tear up in his eyes every time he went anywhere. Yeah. Yep. So, USA, USA. We love Trump. Yeah, and, and he got us through one of the most difficult Difficult manufactured crises in the history of our country, and there have been lots of them. This was, this is, we're living through the worst, and he did help get us through a, a big majority well, of it. He, turned, he used the opportunity. I mean, I hate to say the, the pandemic was the opportunity, but it actually kind of was to bring everything back to America. Yeah, at yeah. the time, and it was actually really working out in our favor if you really check it, you know. And the economy was doing great even during the worst. Yeah, that's that's one hundred percent a fact, and it's something that we'll continue to uh, track as we're moving forward here. Well, he told us this was going to happen with Biden. Not a bad show today. Yeah, not bad. Kids, a couple guests, a bunch of different narratives. Media cycle keeps keeps on keeping on, and we keep giving you guys the best of it that we can. Um. You want to know what else is the best? Listening to the Steak for Breakfast podcast after we record it. And you could find it on all major downloadable podcasting platforms. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, Google Podcasts, FM Player, and now iHeartRadio. Subscribe to the show, rate it, write a review. And as always, download, listen, like, follow, and share our shadow band content. Mm. Show creds of the week, obviously, Mr. Alex Shepard and Ms. Ricky Lynn for their contributions to the show. In addition to the regulars, the Bread Room, Dawnstar1776, Moose is Loose, Cues for O's, Cagbro88, Babe Does the News, formerly of Patriotic Babe, Miss Christina Bob of OAN, Mike Crispy of Rightside Broadcasting Network. They gave us a share yesterday. Nice. Steve Bannon, who's not Q of the War Room podcast, Emerald Robinson from Newsmax for shitting on Jen Psaki today, and Mr. Tom Pappert, who we hope to have back soon, editor-in-chief of The National File. Folks, our sponsors, American-owned and operated. We love them. High-quality products. We get nothing out of it except how much we love them and want to make small American businesses great again. Odyssey, podcasting, in-studio recording, gaming, Odyssey.com, Facebook, and Instagram. Pew Pew Holsters, stay ready gear. We have all of our stuff here. 
beer coolies, dump trays, Noah's holster. They're at stayreadygear.com. They're on Instagram and Facebook as well. Man rubs. Turkey season's coming, Noah. Delicious. Buy it, shake it, rub it, deep fry it. Slice it up. Num, num, num. Like Antoinette said, don't mistreat your meat. Manrubs.com, Facebook and Instagram as well. Firearms. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms. 619-870-6992. He's on Facebook Messenger. New, easy-to-use website, westcoastsurvivalarms.com. If you don't need a new gun, first of all, stop listening to our show immediately. Secondly, buy some ammo for that gun you didn't think you needed, but now you're buying from Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms. Mediocre Medic, all our first responder friends. MediocreMedic.com. They love their Instagram. And the Patch Father, Mark Joe Friday, home of the Zero Fuck Stuck. Dumpbox.us are on Facebook and Instagram as well. Upcoming shows. Got them all listed today, so I won't miss any of the dates. On Friday, the Sassy Conservative is circling back with us. We missed out with her two Tuesdays ago, but she's coming back, and it's going to be a really good show. On the 26th of October, Christina Bob and Mike Crispy. It's not going to be weird, even though they work for two different news stations. We might let them uh, cross the streams and uh, squinty eye at each other as one comes and the other goes. Uh, They're going to be back with us on the 26th. On the 29th of October, Carrie Lake, gubernatorial candidate out of Arizona. Trump endorsed. She's on fire right now, and she's going to be on Steak for Breakfast with us. Uh, November 2nd, we're going to have Raheem Kassam of the National Pulse. On the 5th, Friend Show. Verse Mockingbird, talking about his podcast getting started, is going to join us in addition to The Calling of Esther and Truth on Draft 2.0. It's going to be a great episode. On the 9th of November, Kyle Becker is going to come back and join us to break down all the news, both on his end and ours. And on the 12th of November, Miss Elizabeth Jade, former Maxim and Playboy model, also recently woke up and wants to come and talk about the news with us on the show. Nice. So move, move over, Antoinette. We're bringing in another model. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, friends of the week. Some of the usual, some new ones. Uh, Brenda Memes 9, Blame Seventina, The Duke of Memes, Mr. Sheep No More, Keck Out of Here, Much Love and Appreciation for our Steak for Breakfast Groiper today. Now appearing as our solid. avatar, yeah, on our Twitter account. Yay. Light it up, 908. And of course, grand old memes. Friends, you guys know what you got to do in between this show and Friday. There are several things. Try to check off as many on the list as you can. Number one, do your own research. We talked about a lot of stuff today. We break it all down for you the best we can. The only way you can complete that encompass of information is to go out and do your own research. Try to get to the bottom of it yourself. Hold the line. Ride it. Buy the dip. Get the fuck in here. Snatch the wigs. Ice your balls. Mm. Let's see what happens. And of course, where we go one, we go all. We'll be back on Friday with the Sassy Conservative. This has been episode 74 of the Steak for Breakfast podcast. And on behalf of both of our guests, Mr. Alex Shepard and American Honey, Ricky Lynn, I'm Roan. Joined as always by Noah. Goodbye. And Miss Antoinette. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening and take care. So much could have sworn she was tweaking, but she would shut up because I am peeking at it won't last long. Whoa, whoa. <laughs>
and Dottie's little party too boring. I mean, he did it just for you, and he meant so well. Say you liked it. Mm-hmm. Honey, did you see? I put a special hamper in the bathroom just for your shirts, and the other one is just for socks and poo-poo undies. Here I come.